the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. As we head into Hour 3, it's a privilege and an honor. Welcome back to the show. One of my favorite uh, writers and analysts, uh, Bethany Mandel. She is a contributing writer for Deseret News, and she is the editor of the children's book series Heroes of Liberty, which I can't say enough about, so we will make sure to say something about it in the course of our discussion here. Her most recent column, though, at the Deseret News is uh, is really probably the best one on everything we've been talking about this week when we've talked about education and the new uh, NAEP results, the National uh, Assessment of Education Progress, sometimes known as the nation's report card. Her piece is titled, Bad Policy, Not COVID-19, Made Children's Test Scores Decline. Bethany, welcome back. Tell Tell the audience a little bit about what you're getting at here. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, We've heard over and over, not just about these test scores, but, you know, any sort of unintended consequence of what we did with COVID that, you know, it was the fault of COVID. You know, because of COVID, X, Y, Z happened. Because of COVID, um, you know, our economy is in the tanks and our supply chain is in meltdown. And that's not actually the cause. Right. The cause is COVID. The cause is how we handled COVID. Right. And we saw the response out of China and inexplicably decided to replicate it. And mm-hmm. now we're seeing the results of that decision. Exactly right. On a number of levels. And, uh, of course, there are so many, so many aspects to this, including it didn't have to come to this. A lot of us warned about this. A lot of us warned about it really early on, like right when yeah. the schools closed, end of March and April of 2020. Uh, We said two things would happen. Uh, Scores would plummet and children's uh, mental health would um, would be put at great, uh, great discount and risk. Uh, All of that has come to the fore. And one of the interesting things about it, we'll get into the data in a minute, Bethany. But one of the interesting things about it is the uh, the effort to memory hole or deep six the notion that from mostly Democrats, mostly the left, mostly the teachers' unions, mostly Anthony Fauci, that they had anything to do with it or that they suggested any of this in the first place. It's really odd. Yeah, absolutely. Gretchen Whitmer yeah. um, yesterday claimed that um, that schools in Michigan had been open pretty much the whole time. Right. They only were closed for three months. Right. I, it is a shocking position for her to take when – all of Michigan remembers the schools. I mean, the schools were closed uh, in in Detroit until 2022. There were still closures happening in Detroit. So for her to sort of stand there and gaslight her entire state is fascinating electoral strategy. And I, I can't wait to see how it works out for her. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know how it will work out for her, um, but it will be irrespective of the media calling her out on it, I think. Um, right. Uh, right. You know, I've been seeing a few articles here and there that the media is really not doing any fact checking on that on her part. Of course not. No. Of course not. Right. <laughs> of no. Course not. I, I, it's, 
really um, it's really unbelievable that we are watching this happen, and media once again are just completely complicit in allowing the gaslighting to continue. One of the interesting outcomes of this, and you know, this is this is kind of the fault of the federal government and the way the way they release these scores. Um, we 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 tend to see articles, and you, you do this, you you write it up as well this way, looking at fourth and eighth grade uh, proficiency. Yeah. yeah, fourth and eighth grade proficiency in math and uh, literacy reading. One of the interesting things is you're absolutely right. You point out we weren't really doing very well beforehand. And the other thing to point out, a lot of people, you know, just casually read this thing. They think proficiency is advanced. It's not. Proficiency is about what you would want for a C plus B minus. Um, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting word that they use when they when when the NAEP goes into proficiency. So I always look at how how the schools and students do when it comes to the the assessment of basic and below basic. And I just want people to get a sense of this: thirty seven percent, almost forty percent of fourth graders cannot read. Score below basic. Below basic is an F. 30% of 8th graders are below basic. Almost a third of 8th graders can't read. This is a catastrophe, Bethany. Yeah, it absolutely is. So I am from Maryland, and we just had our science scores released. Ah. And I've, I've been pretty surprised to, to not really hear that much about those scores. Right. But all of these things are linked. Yep. So if you can't read you are not going to do well in your science class. You're not going to do well in your history class. And so Maryland just released their uh, all of their results for science for, I believe it was eighth grade. I'm trying to find the data now. Um, but I remember this part very, very clearly. Guess what percent in the entire state of Maryland, I believe it's an eighth grade science, are achieving beyond expectations so beyond just you know you're doing okay yeah yeah oh my gosh i wouldn't know but i'm gonna guess it's just not very impressive zero percent wow wow zero percent wow you know that's that's (laughs) where we are and 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 we didn't uh, we closed for we were the third longest closure in the country you, you, you almost wonder. You almost wonder if we can even call these schools anymore. I mean, have we forgotten yes. the? Have we forgotten the point of a school? A school is supposed to teach. I do think, by the way, there is a big effort to reimagine what schools are, and it's not about the students. It's about the teachers' unions. I truly think this in many respects. I think that there are two different concepts of what a school is for. There's your concept, the parents' concept, and then there is the professional educators' concept. They are not yes. the same thing. They are not aligned. No, 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 they're not. And and what's, what's really interesting is I, I'm in the middle of, and I'm right, I will be writing about it for Deseret, um, I'm in the middle of listening to this new podcast um, that is on NPR about um, about sort of how we failed to teach reading. Okay. 
And um, it, it's fascinating, and I really strongly recommend it. It's the, the podcast is called Sold a Story, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's, you know, by National Public Radio, so you, you know what you're getting. Yeah. And what's crazy to me is there is absolutely no introspection done on the part of the host about the failure of the public school system and all of this. And she, I mean, she says, she's like, you know, no one blames the teachers. Well, why not? Yeah. That's what I, I'm like, I'm sort of yelling at my phone as I'm listening to this podcast. Yeah. I would like to know why not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it, it, no one's blaming the teachers. No one's blaming the unions that told them that they had to shut down. And no one's blaming the union leaders who said learning loss and you can find story after story about this that we were warning about that learning they were saying things like learning loss is a myth. They were denying they were denying science, Bethany. Yep. And they knew by the way after coverage from Hurricane Katrina, we had the data. Yep, that's right. We knew. That's right. We knew what 3 weeks of learning loss did in New Orleans. That's right. Sorry, while you hear my my dinner cooking. No, it's um, fine. We, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to move myself out of the screen. But the but had the data, and, and and I'm I'm understanding through the spring of 2020. Yeah, I really am. Yeah. Like, we didn't know what we were getting. The world was shut down. Okay, fine. But the fact that we didn't reopen in the fall of 2020, that's where it becomes inexcusable. That's when it becomes politicized. And that the NEA was working hand in glove with the CDC to write them their guidelines on school closures. Yep. It wasn't the other yep. way around. Yep. And, and and the American Academy of Pediatrics yep. knew. Yep. They, they first came out and said kids need to be in school. Yep. And then when Orange Man Bad, yep. a.k.a. the president of the United States, said we need to prioritize in-person learning, the American Academy of Pediatrics, yep. not some like fringe group. This is, you know, the, they are it yep. for pediatrics. Yep. They decided to switch their position just to be contrarian against the president. Because I, they I, cared more uh, about hitting him than children. I think all of these organizations, medical, uh, professional, I think they so fouled their nests during COVID. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know how they're going to regain the respect other than memory holding and wiping the slate clean as best as they can and scrubbing these things. Let me take a quick commercial break, and I will be right back with you, Bethany. Bethany Mandel is our guest, by the way, uh, not just a columnist at the Desert News, but also a prolific writer and the editor of a series of books, very important, Heroes of Liberty. Check them out at heroesofliberty.com. Bethany and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Bethany Mandel is our guest. You can follow her, uh, by the way, uh, also on Twitter, a very active Twitter feed, at Bethany Shondark. Um, Bethany, uh, when we look at the state of education, it's no accident that a lot of parents, once schools were closed um, and they were forced to kind of see what the curricula was that their children were getting, that they started reacting beyond just the issue of school mechanics, that is to say, just beyond the issue of the schools being technically opened or closed, they were also reacting to what looked to them like the schools not doing their jobs. And it's no mystery to me. We're talking curriculum at this point. No mystery to me that in addition 
to the school closures, we looked under the hood of this system and realized we're not doing reading and we're not doing math and we're not doing civics and science. We're doing social engineering. And hence, so long as NAEP isn't going to test social engineering, we'd probably have pretty good proficiency scores on that. We have lousy scores on the things that we expected our schools to do. And it seems to me there, there, there could be a kind of revolution with regard to education in American schools. I, I, you're a mother. You're a professional. You're, you're involved in all of this. What's your sense of the frustration that could lead to a reimagining of the way we do schooling in America? So I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the idea that they're even doing social engineering well. Okay. I don't think they're doing any of it well. <laughs> I think that... <laughs> it totally right. That and one. Malo and Toto. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think that they're, they're evil. I think that they are... And again, listening to this new NPR podcast, what's really striking to me is that the host keeps on saying... You know who was the most surprised by the fact that kids can't read? The teachers. And I'm like, yep, yep, that's right. That makes sense. Hmm. And everything I know about education majors growing up and going to college, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised they didn't realize that their own students couldn't read. Um, I'm not surprised that – I'm not surprised by any of it. And so, you know, that's the only comforting thing to me is the fact that I don't think that they are doing the social engineering well. But I don't think they're doing any of it well. Uh, they're not doing the teaching well, that's for sure. No, that's that's uh, a, that's an interesting take. I I I, th- I think that you know I, I I don't know who these people are on the NPR podcast, but I do know one thing about education: is it doesn't require um, novel reinterpretation and reimagining of how to teach children's the ba- children the basics. Uh, what has worked in education with literacy and numeracy hasn't really changed. It's just right. not been done. And, and they've tried to change it. And that's yeah. actually the subject of the podcast. They've, they've tried to change it. And they've, they've took out phonics out of how we're teaching <laughs> reading. Yeah. And lo and behold, when kids can't sound out words, they can't read. And for some reason, this was new. To, yeah. To American See, we've been through this. We've been through this. We have been through this. The whole Dr. Seuss series of books, you may know this history because you're in the children's books business. The whole Dr. Seuss series of books was based on the understanding out of a Columbia teacher's college. The, the study was why Johnny can't read. That's where that phrase comes from. And it was about the need to teach phonics. Uh, yeah. the, the, this is how we got children literate was phonics. Yep, and we've taken it out of schools because we decided that we we had a better way. Yeah. You know, that's always that's always the dangerous thing. When you decide that something that's been done forever and ever and ever through all the course of human history, there's a better way now. Um, and that's really sort of the, the interplay of conservatism and progressivism now, is that they've decided that anything that we used to do can now be done better. The American family, education, our concept of gender, everything 
it could be done better. Reliance on fossil and, fuels. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's what you might uh, call or what someone named Carl might call a permanent revolution. We have to constantly be yeah. agitating towards towards the unproven rather than the reliable and true. This is as yep. good a point as any, by the way, for me to uh, uh, mention your your project, Heroes of Liberty, and for several reasons. Uh, one is they are ver- these books for children are very well written. Second reason, they're for the kinds of parents in this audience that want their children to read, you know, about Alexander mm-hmm. Hamilton and about yep. Mark Twain and about Douglas MacArthur and Ronald Reagan. But third, and this might be the most helpful to the audience, Bethany, if you are a parent uh, whose child is struggling with reading or who's at a school where the outcomes are not very good in reading, you know, one of the things parents can do is emphasize reading at home, either their kids reading themselves or reading to their children. It is a good ballast and cure to that. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, there's so much research into, I'm sorry, you're my baby. I love it. I love it. This is a family show. I want to know what's for dinner and I want to know which kid is screaming. <laughs> youngest of course of course and spaghetti fabulous i hope you'll let me next time i'm in maryland i hope i can sample some of it next time i'm in maryland i'd love to try it (laughs) okay um so there's so much research into the fact that um you know reading out loud one of my favorite books that i always recommend especially to new parents uh is a book called the read aloud handbook by a man named jim truly and it really goes over just the science behind the power of reading out loud. And one of the sort of things that we thought about when we were creating the series was, you know, what is our philosophy and what is the theory behind what we're doing? Mm-hmm. And I pushed very hard for the fact that we don't dumb it down. Good. We, we talk to kids um, in the language that, um, that we used to write children's books in. And so mm-hmm. if you look at classic children's literature like Peter Pan, mm-hmm. you would be shocked to see what what passed for the standards Absolutely. for children back then. Absolutely. And we've lowered... I mean, what's scary about all these test scores and the conversation about test scores is that we are saying that only one-third of children are proficient, but what counts as proficient yeah. would not even be a failing grade. Right. No, it's a, it's a, it's actually yes, you're absolutely right. And I, I was uh, mentioning this uh, earlier that the idea of of proficiency is not the idea of excellence the way the NAEP scores do these things. You would be surprised. I would bet that most caring parents, most parents who are involved with their children, their children are are reading way above what NAEP considers proficient. That would be my guess. Proficient yeah, is a yeah. fairly I mean, basic level. Speaking of Alexander Hamilton, yeah. the Standards of getting into university when he when he was applying <laughs> are higher than they are now to graduate with a PhD. No, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And and I'll tell you, you know, there are schools that work. There are schools that have huge waiting lines. Let me take this break and come back with you on the other side of it. And uh, then we'll let you tend to your children in the spaghetti after this one more segment, because I want to pick up on that point, the lowering, the ever cascading lowering of standards. I'm Seth Liebson. She's Bethany Mandel. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Bethany Mandela is our guest. We're talking about her piece in the Deseret News. Bad policy, not COVID-19, made children's test scores decline. But she's also the um, general editor at Heroes of Liberty, heroesofliberty.com, which has a tremendously great selection of books for your children uh, done right, both uh, in topic and in the manner in which they're written. Bethany, you were making a really great point. Um, What Alexander Hamilton needed to do to get into and out of high school, let's say, or what anyone in that generation needed to, uh, is, 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 is a much higher standard than what we would expect of Ph.D. students today. We have a series of charter schools in Arizona. Uh, Great Hearts is one, Basis is another. I don't think I could get through them. They're that tough, and they have really long waiting lines. And the question becomes this. You know, rather than the professional teachers unions and educational unions condemning and criticizing charter schools like that, why aren't they trying to emulate them? Why aren't they trying to emulate what works? So I, I think that they don't want to admit that it's working. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And they don't want to admit that they're not doing anything. They're, they're, they're doing something that is perhaps not right. Mm-hmm. But. I think there's also an intimidation factor, and it's something that you just sort of touched on, that you don't think that you could get get through it. Well, not I, now. I, I'd have to train up for it, and my parents right, would right. get me there. And yeah. that's, okay. that's the thing yeah. is, you know, I, you know my, my kids are homeschooling, mm-hmm. and we're about to start reading Plutarch in about a year or two. Oh, my gosh. And I've started reading it, and I am intimidated as all else because mm-hmm. it is challenging material and kids started in fifth grade according to our homeschool curriculum and i've heard you know people rave about the results of of doing this with kids but it's not easy and it takes um it takes some modesty to admit that you know i'm i am not smart enough for this and i am not prepared enough for this and i i'm willing to put myself through preparing for this in my mid-30s because I love my children so deeply and I think this is the right thing for them. But for teachers who have already gone through school and, you know, they're not teaching their own children, do they want Do they want to put themselves through what it would take to get through this kind of curriculum? No, they want the easy road. And I think that that's why, you know, the schools were closed for as long as they were because it was easier. And I think that, you know, the, 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 the goal here for the teachers' unions is not excellent. It's, it's, it's just sort of getting by to get by. I think that's right, and I may have a slight difference of opinion with you on the on the parents' um, intimidation factor. Of course it's intimidating, but it is also true— and maybe you'll agree, it's also true that most parents do want their children to do better than they, uh, to succeed where they haven't. And the idea that you would delight in learning Plutarch, you know, communicating what you delight in in your 30s and communicating it to your children, that's the best kind of education when you think about it. Wordsworth said, what we have loved, others will love, but we must show them how. You can't mm-hmm. teach what you don't, you can't teach what you don't love. Not effectively. Right. Not effectively. Yeah. And we have been on a 40-year course of running down that kind of canon, the kind of stuff 
that used to exist in the kinds of schools and education that not just Alexander Hamilton had, but frankly, probably you and my parents had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think some of it. I, I, I I'm not sure how many parents are willing to put themselves to the ringer for yeah. the sake of Plutarch. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we did. Twitter. Plutarch doesn't have to be the standard, but I take your point. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. But I, I think that we've also sort of learned as a society, and there's so many examples of this, that what is hard is not worth doing. Right. And, right. And, you know, if it's too hard, here's the easy button. That's right. And there's, many examples of this that are very un-PC, mm-hmm. but um, people want a magic pill, mm-hmm. a magic button, mm-hmm. the easy button, staples, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. like their entire, you know, marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not an easy button for gaining wisdom. And I don't think that people want it. No. I think that they want the easy button. And I think that's why, the, you know, a lot of folks send school because it's easy, what they think is it's easier. Maybe we have um, a re, maybe we have a retail wholesale problem. Maybe the easy button is preferable because we have rewarded it. Maybe because yeah. we have said that you yeah. can you can get by and um, yeah. you know the the idea when we were in school that you kind of need to know this for later maybe not be true anymore. It just may not be true yeah. anymore. Yeah, that may be part of it too. That may be a good part of it too. Well, Bethany, you're terrific to do this during dinner time with all your children and everything else. You're making me hungry and making me want to cry too. But uh, <laughs> let me let me re- recommend one more time heroesofliberty.com if you do want to read uh, with your children at home, if you do want to have them reading on their own, great books, well-written, good topics, and safe, heroesofliberty.com. Bethany Mandel, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Seth. You betcha. Godspeed. I'm Seth Liebson, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're worried about the stock market and its volatility, but you still would like to be invested in an, in, in the future, I have a portfolio, courtesy of our friends at Y-Refi, that has a strong fixed rate of return and no correlation to the stock market. Y-Refi is offering this investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio with an up to 10 and a quarter percent return for investors. And the investment can be in a trust. It can be in an IRA, just as much as it can be in an individual or a joint investment. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm made up of really great guys who do really well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y dot com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087. By the way, folks, um, as long as we're talking about um, about things Im- important, a uh, few things are as important as rewarding those who have stood up for and defended this country. We are uh, involved with the, uh, as a co- co- co-sponsor of the East Valley Veterans Parade, and we are doing a uh, parade groceries, gas, and goodies giveaway. Uh, first prize of a $100 grocery card, $100 gas card, and goodies from the East Valley Veterans Parade. 
uh, are available at 960thepatriot.com. It's a contest. You can enter. It doesn't cost you anything but to uh, go and help support the East Valley Veterans Parade and perhaps win gas cards and grocery cards and other goodies. Uh, check it out at 960thepatriot.com. I want to spend a little more time just chatting a little uh, a little about education. Um, I was saying to Bethany uh, that most people who are serious about this stuff and not enthralled, that's the word I want, they are not enthralled by the progressive notion of education uh, as a revolutionary force, um, education as a revolutionary technique, but really committed to the idea of getting our children literate and numerate and knowing something about their country and knowing something about how their country works. Um, the 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 secret sauce is not that secret. It's it's just been dumped um, for for many a year because we emphasized things we thought were more important. Uh, the social the uh, you know the socialization of our children into other things rather than reading. If you want to know why there are so many stories about the crud curricula. Um, the kinds of things that have animated Arizona Women of Action to get involved in school board races here in Scottsdale and elsewhere throughout the valley. If you want to think about the stories about people protesting the racialization of our children in their schools or the sexualization of our children in their schools or the effort to transgenderize them or change their sexes in our schools, there's a reason that all these stories are flooding our zones the reason is that those things are flooding the zones of the schools. The reason is those things aren't uncommon. It's just that they were kind of under the radar until recently, until um, the shutdowns, which I think, I think in retrospect, many of the people who were arguing for such shutdowns are looking back on and saying not only did that not work out too well for us, Maybe there was the uh, the unexpected uh, and the unforeseen result of parents learning about this stuff we wished they never learned about in the first place. Think about I'm blanking on her name right now. Maybe you remember it. Maybe you don't. But think about that woman. Um, yes, libs of TikTok. Right, libs of TikTok uh, had a had a had a social media feed where all she did, all she did was post the TikTok videos of these revolutionary teachers, these social reengineering teachers who were strutting and singing and parading about what they were doing to kindergartners and first graders, thinking it was such a great thing. Uh, Libs of TikTok, all it did was take it from those cabined areas in TikTok and put it on Twitter and put it on Facebook and expose it to the rest of the world. And that's what earned their ire. She lifted up the hood to show what the engine was doing and what the engine was doing was not running like a top. It was sputtering and it was sputtering crud. It was sputtering, you know, effluent that you would not want. The other part of this is it's not that hard, really, not at least conceptually, to get these scores and numbers back up. Kind of goes a little bit to some of what I was saying in my monologue earlier. Isn't it interesting 
that the more we seem to advance in years and age with the attendant advancement of knowledge, um, the attendant advancement of technology, the attendant advancement of access to knowledge, the idea that you can read something in Phoenix, Arizona, that's on a library shelf in India, something you couldn't have done 25 years ago. With all this available to us and more money, that our scores are going downward, that our scores are going south rather than north. Isn't that interesting? Why do you suspect that is? It's not just our scores. It's other things, too, as I mentioned in my monologue. Age expectancy. That, that's unheard of in a developed nation, three years in a row, to have lower age expect, uh, you know, life expectancy. That's unheard of, simply unheard. Why is it? Why is it with the advanced learning, with the advanced access to learning, with the advanced technology, why is it 1964 was the high watermark of SAT scores in this country and not 1974, 84, 94, 2004, or probably 2024. Why is that when we didn't have the money that we have now, when we didn't have the technology we have now? Because of a lot of things. A lot of those things have to do with not teaching what we used to teach, which is also part and parcel of not teaching what we should be teaching. But you offer that good stuff, and it shouldn't surprise people that there are waiting lists at charters like Great Hearts and Basis. As inflation rises and your dollars are stretched thinner and thinner, more people are considering a reverse mortgage. I'd like to showcase Bingo Reverse Mortgage and share how their trusted team can take the guesswork out of it and what benefits you can reap. The bottom line, a reverse mortgage allows you to convert equity in your home into cash or to actually purchase another home. To qualify, you must be a homeowner at least 55 years old, have sufficient equity in your home. But a reverse mortgage can be your ace in the hole when it comes to actually retiring instead of dreaming of retirement. Fact is, most Americans won't be able to retire. Bingo Reverse Mortgage is saving the great American retirement. Get the safety net you deserve. Call the incredible Bingo team at 928-277-4476. That's 928-277-4476. Yep, that's an Arizona area code. Or visit BingoReverseMortgage.com. BingoReverseMortgage.com. Tell them I sent you and get a free appraisal reimbursed at closing, a $1,000 value. Veteran-owned and staff, BingoReverseMortgage.com. Look, we want our students to take from schools a shared body of knowledge and skills, common language of ideas, common moral and intellectual disciplines. We don't need to do it through what was known as the common core, but we still need to do it with what we know to be the good stuff. We want them to know math and science, history and literature. We want them to know how to think for themselves and to respond to important questions, to solve problems, to pursue an argument, not cry and need to hide from it in a safe room, to defend a point of view, to understand opposites of arguments, to weigh alternatives to the way we think. We want them to develop through example and experience those habits of mind and traits of character that we used to prize as a society. And we want them to be prepared for entry into a community of responsible adults. You think about some of that 
and the society we have now and how irresponsible we are and how many irresponsible decisions we make and how angry we get when we hear alternative points of view or how much we cry or want to shut down those alternative points of view, it all stems from the same thing, not training the students in the minds and in the morals the way they should be in the first place. On top of that, now they can't read or do math. We can fix this. We used to do better at it. It means all we have to do is unlock that, as Plato said, which we used to know. I'm Seth Liebson. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and this class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.